Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today we're talking about autism. It, here's the challenge. Uh, you the, Recently, okay, now I'm talking within the last month. Uh, there is a YouTube video. I put it on Facebook. Um, I'm going to post the link on, on the talk tonight. You need to see it. Because seriously, when you're talking about autism, uh, is it just better diagnosed? Uh, has it always been here? Or is it continually increasing? And what's the cause? Uh, now, if you were to trust the government and trust the pharmaceutical industry and trust your doctor, they say vaccines don't cause autism. Vaccines are safe and effective. And there's no environmental causes. Well, we it, if they're not true and these people are lying, then the government is actually experimenting on us. Now, there's the way the process works is a vaccine is made by a manufacturer. Now, this vaccine is actually produced and presented towards the Food and Drug Administration. Now, the FDA, once it's approved, then it goes over for a blessing to the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, or the ACIP. And this committee has a number of members, and it's on YouTube. Their meetings are public. It's just most people don't watch this hour-and-a-half-long meeting. And this is a brand-new vaccine that's been approved for adults just to see the inner workings, okay, if you want to trust your government and trust that, that vaccines don't cause autism, that these people are all above board or they're trying to hide an epidemic, okay? Now, there's a brand-new vaccine with a new adjuvant, and an adjuvant is something that's put inside of the vaccine to stimulate an immune system response, and uh, the the frightening thing is this vaccine is now approved for the public. And it was approved 100%. There were no dissenting votes uh, on this committee. And I, w- I want you to listen to some of the questions. And you can look at Facebook, look at YouTube. I mean, you just gotta got to get this. Um, so here's some of the comments. The CDC official is responding to one of the doctors when they say um, uh, he's concerned about if this vaccine has been tested with other vaccines simultaneously in preclinical studies. Now, the CDC director says a lot of ums, and I don't know if she was cautious about speaking, but this is her response. Quote, so um, just so... Uh, you just to sort of put this context uh, of other vaccines, um, well, preclinical studies were not done using these vaccines simultaneously. End of quote. Yeah, so preclinical studies were not done checking this vaccine with others. Now I'm going to post some of the comments of people that have read this. One of the comments, quote, This is like peering into hell itself. This is what shames us as human beings, to know that these creatures live in the world and are doing these things. They are looking just like regular people, but it's just beyond the pale. Uh, we, We have to start looking at what we're doing. 
Okay, now this is the first vaccine using this new adjuvant, which is called 1018. It's basically releasing an untested vaccine, but they're going to do post-marketing surveillances. Now, they're also going to be uh, looking because this vaccine can cause heart attacks. It can cause um, autoimmune diseases. It can cause the possibly increased herpes zoster infections, and there's also going to be a pregnancy register, and they're going to do post-marketing surveillance. That's right. It's now approved, and they're going to inject this people. Now, one of the doctors said, hey, you know, I'm really concerned about the heart attack issue on this. Uh, when will the data be available? So they're going to review that between May 20th and May 31st, 2020. So we have about two years that this will be on the market, uh, and the people that are getting it won't be told that they're being tested. Now, we're not looking at long-term problems. We're just looking at current problems that happened in those first two years. So why are they doing this untested vaccine? Well, because there's the one adjuvant that they use now in most vaccines is aluminum. And this has a huge neurologic or neurotoxic effect on the body. And in 2004, Lancet did a really good article on the aluminum adjuvant. And they were saying, look, despite a, good, a lack of good quality evidence, we do not recommend that any further research be done on this topic. Now, end of quote, that's important because they're saying, look, aluminum is neurotoxic, but if you withdraw aluminum for safety concerns, it's going to limit the amount of vaccines that are being able to be sold. Now, has there ever been a problem with other adjuvants? Yeah. In fact, there was an adjuvant called squalene. Now, this was used in uh, the Gulf War, the anthrax vaccine, passed out from 1990 to 1991. Now, this increased risk of developing Lou Gehrig's disease, 200%, polyarthritis nervosa, multiple sclerosis, lupus, transverse myelitis, endocarditis, optic neuritis with blindness, and a type of kidney disease called glomerular nephritis. Now, this was only used for one year, okay, in the anthrax vaccine, but this was so devastating to people's immune system that it caused life-threatening and life-costing illnesses uh, decades, decades after. I mean, it's negatively affecting their entire life. <sighs> so I just had to bring you that data points up to have you realize that you've got two choices. If the vaccines are truly causing uh, autism and damage to the public, and we know they are, and we know their risks, and we know through these meetings that people are, are not letting the public know that this is an experimental vaccine, that they're being part of a study, that it can have devastating effects. These are the doctors telling you this. Um, it's time to pick up the pitchforks. So now we can start talking about autism. And it, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, when you talk about these people that are in charge of telling the public that this is a safe and effective drug that's been tested, and they're actually testing it on the public now, that's evil. Uh, so let's go to the cdc.gov website and ask about the, the current data. Okay, when 
um, you know, what, how many people have autism now? Now, they have uh, a, a chart on there that goes from 2000 to 2012, and it went from 1 in 150 to 1 in 68. When you look further at their site, it's actually um, 1 in 68, but when you look, this is using data from 2012. When you look at data from 2016, it's now 1 in 45. So it's exponentially getting better. Now, what you're going to see are people are saying, well, autism has always been here. It's never, the rates are not increasing. We're just better at diagnosing it. Okay, this is uh, what some people are saying. Well, UC Davis, um, MIND, Mind Institute, they actually went in and did a study. Now, this study was published in the Journal of Epidemiology 2009. And they found a seven to eight-fold, that's about an 800% increase in the number of children born in California with autism since 1990. Now, this study is nine years old, so they went from 1990 to 2009. And what they found that it cannot be explained by either changes in how the condition is diagnosed or counted. And the trend shows no signs of abating. And the research, what they recommend, is research should shift from genetics to the host of chemicals and infectious microbes in the environment that are likely the root causes. Quote, it's time to start looking for the environmental culprits responsible for this remarkable increase rates in autism. And they say in the report, there's about 10 to 20 times more research dollars spent on genetic causes than environmental ones. Okay, so what are the real causes of autism? I hope you're sitting down, but I've got data points, and I'm going to share with you the journal articles that talk about gut dysbiosis, a problem with the normal gut flora. Now, this could be from... Uh, glyphosates in the food supply or water supply, overuse of antibiotics, vaccines and their additives can also cause this, microbial toxins, mold and fungus, genetically engineered food, agricultural chemicals, food additives, food processing techniques which can destroy the gut flora, vitamin D deficiency in pregnant women, uh, electromagnetic radiation. So there's a number of different causes. Uh, when we look at have vaccines ever caused a problem in the past? Yeah, well, have do you remember, anyone remember the swine flu epidemic? Now, I know it's a long time ago because it's 2009, 2010. And, you know, the government is hoping that you don't have a long memory. Well, what they did, the National Coalition for Organization of Women, they actually that had a fact that that there, the CDC allegedly falsified reports ignoring up to 3,587 miscarriages from the H1N1 vaccine. And it, it's mind-boggling to think that this was not published, it was not put out in the media, uh, the National Coalition for Organization of Women, they, I think they still have the raw data available on their site, just realized that that, that shot was rushed to market and it had a problem. Now, knowing that that, that ACIP meeting that we started this uh, conversation with, this radio show this morning, they talk about post-marketing surveillance. 
Well, the World Health Organization is also recommending post-marketing surveillance if there's ever a uh, pandemic. Well, we know that the H1N1 was supposed to be a pandemic, turned out not to be, uh, but it killed 3,500 kids. So what they're saying is that the results of humanogenicity and post-marketing safety studies are a good idea. And they need post-marketing safety to make necessary adjustments to their vaccine policy. This means shoot first, ask questions later. Now, I encourage everybody, if you're still trusting the government after watching that ACIP meeting, and that to, to know that they are using uh, uh, the American public has a giant uh, group of experimental uh, guinea pigs. Uh, look at the movie Vaxxed. The whistleblower for the CDC came, comes up and says, look, there's a 400% increase in autism in African Americans that they covered up. Uh, and why? What, what, what's the point behind it? What <clears throat> is the 49 doses of 14 different vaccines before age 6 appropriate? Is 69 doses of 16 different vaccines by the age of 18 appropriate? Well, we have um, the head, the former head of infectious disease. Now, this guy, brilliant guy, and this was published in the Japan Times, talking about vaccination uh, choice of two unknowns. Now, he says, now this guy was, is totally pro-vaccine. However, quote, times have changed and children don't need to be vaccinated. Japan has one of the lowest infant mortality rates in the world, first due to first-class sanitation and levels of nutrition. Medicine is supposed to be about healing, but babies who cannot speak are being given unnecessary shots because parents are scared. Children are losing their ability to heal naturally. End of quote. Absolutely. Now, we've got some data that I'm going to bring up at how there's a massive increase, 25-fold, that's 2,500% increase of subacute sclerosing panencephalitis. Now, this is a really dangerous disease. Now, this is a cause of measles um, of infants catching it. Now, back in the 60s and 70s, you had about eight cases per million cases of measles. Uh, now, in the 1990s, you're talking 12 cases per 55,000. So that's a 25-fold increase. And what, what they say in this article is that vaccination took away the chance of many mothers-to-be to experience measles at a safe age, thus experiencing um, natural protection. Uh, there's another journal article in pediatri pediatrics talking about there's, a, there's an increasing portion of infants born in the United States that are susceptible to measles. Because if the mother was born before 1963, uh, they weren't exposed to it. So now we're looking at an, an evil, untested vaccine being put on the public without knowledge. So let's just say, let's just look at the health of our children. Knowing that our children are getting about two to three times more vaccines than any other population on the planet. What's the health of our kids? What's the health of our population? Well, right now, 54% of U.S. children have a chronic illness or disease. 21% are developmentally disabled. Okay, that's almost one in four. One in 45 children have, a chron have autism. One in 45. 
<clears throat> infant mortality, U.S. ranked 77th in the world in 2016. Um, according to the CIA, which keeps pretty pretty close uh, statistics, we have the highest infant mortality rate in the world. Uh, the plague is here. Okay, we're talking a massive, massive rise in autism. Uh, you have got to look at the movie Vaxxed and uh, William Thompson. So if the vaccines are doing all this damage, okay, what is the government doing? Are they protecting the public? It sure doesn't seem like it from that meeting. So what they did back in 1986, they passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Now, this means that it reduced the potential financial liability to, of the vaccine makers due to vaccine injury claims. And this also set up a no-fault system where people who were injured by vaccines could go up and get the problem or solved. Now, here, it, they set up the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Now, this is 1986, and this is supposed to keep a record of all the damage from the vaccines. However, even by the, the people that set this up, they say that it's estimated that only one percent to 10 percent of all vaccine adverse events are reported to VAERS. So it's not really an effective means of studying it. So where, where are the vaccine safety studies? Let's, you know, the report groups. Are all vaccines put forth the way that ad, the um, committee did, that they're putting it out, doing post-marketing surveillance to see if there's a problem? Well, let's look at the German, Journal of Human and Experimental Toxicology. Now, they went, actually went through VAERS, and they looked from 1990 to 2010 on the relative trends in hospitalizations, mortality among infants, number of vaccine doses, and age. I mean, all the stuff that you would expect that the government does. What did they find? Quote, studies have not been conducted to determine the safety or efficacy of administering multiple vaccine doses in a variety of combinations recommended by the CDC guidelines not been conducted. Um, when we go on to look at it, and it turns out that, quote, in addition, younger infants were significantly more likely than older infants to be hospitalized or die after receiving vaccines. A positive correlation rates between hospitalization and the number of vaccines and a negative correlation between hospital rates and age and increased mortality with five to eight vaccines relative to one to four vaccines. In English, that means the younger and the more the kids got, the sicker and higher rates of damage and death occurred. I mean, let's just take, because the, the absolute gold standard is a double-blind placebo-controlled trial, okay? And this is with inert placebos. And you would think that the vaccines, since they are, have toxic ingredients, would be subjected to this. Let's just look at the Rotatech vaccine. Now, this was um, 1999, and they tested on 71,000 infants, and they were evaluated in three placebo clinical trials. And they followed them for 42 days. Now, you might think, well, you know, we're trying a new vaccine. Does it affect their reproductivity? We don't know. Does it cause cancer? We don't know, because we're following them for only 42 days. So now, what was the the treatment group? 
Well, the treatment group, the Rotatech group, received the Rotatech vaccine plus the DTAP, the IPV, the HIB, the hepatitis B, and PCV vaccines. That was the treatment group. The placebo group, placebo group, received the DTP, the IPV, the HIB, the hepatitis B, and the PVC vaccines. So both of these groups are getting vaccinated. They're getting vaccinated with multiple vaccines. There is no true placebo-controlled trial, and they're not following for a long enough time. Now, what they found is that this vaccine, this particular vaccine, can actually spread the virus through contact. And so you should... um, Avoid contact with stool from the immunized child if possible, uh, particularly after the first vaccine dose for at least 14 days. So I guess if you get this child vaccinated, you shouldn't change their diaper for at least 14 days. That in, Insane. Insane. So um, <sighs> uh, it, have any animal studies been done? Okay, because... I know this is very involved. It's very powerful. We're just looking at, do you trust your doctors? Okay. There's one animal study that was actually a very good study. It was published in the Neurobiologic Experimentals Journal in 2010. It was also polled. The title of the article was Influence of Pediatric Vaccines on Amygdala Growth and Opioid Ligand Binding in Recent in rhesus macaw infants, a pilot study. Now, what they did is they they actually did a placebo-controlled trial where they took um, scaled-down doses of the vaccines, injected them in the monkeys, and they actually took saline solution and injected it in another group of monkeys. So that really is an inert placebo. And what they found was biologic changes and altered behavior occurred in the vaccinated monkeys, which resembled autism spectrum uh, diagnosis in children. And also, the monkeys had bowel issues. They couldn't eat regular monkey chow, just like autistic kids have bowel disorders. And this is huge. Now, this was polled because it implicated vaccines in um, damage or in uh, autistic uh, uh, symptoms. Is there any other um, journal articles that say that vaccines are neurotoxic? Yeah, the Journal of Neuroscience says that vaccines um, it alter fetal brain development. If you shoot a, a mom with a vaccine, that vaccines increase uh, in seizure susceptibility. Uh, Medical Veritas says that it promotes autism spectrum disorder. If you go to the National Institute of Health, uh, here's the title of the article. Uh, It was published in Toxicology Environmental Health, 2011. Quote, a positive association found between autism prevalence and childhood vaccination uptake. That means that autism is being uh, correlated and possibly caused, they actually say that it's caused in the article, um, uh, are from the vaccines. Let's look at Journal of Toxicology, increased rates of autism spectrum disorder from vaccines. Let's look at the Journal of Public Health and Epidemiology, autistic disorder prevalence is directly related to vaccines, manufacturing human fetal cells. Um, uh, This is 
we're seeing the the government is approving to experiment on the public. We have data that shows that this is a causative factor or contributing factor that the vaccines are, along with the other neurotoxins that kids are exposed to. If you look at the Federal Registry, okay, volume 49, number 107. Now, this was Friday, June 1st, 1984. The Rules and Regulations, page 2000, um, or 23007, uh, which said, quote, any possible doubts, whether or not well-founded, about the safety of the polio vaccine cannot be allowed to exist in the view of the need to assure that the vaccine will continue to be used to the maximum extent. So this psychotic nature of where the government is experimenting on the population a clandestine, okay, with, without notifying the public. I mean, if, if the government is going to go in and say, hey, look, we got an experimental vaccine and we want to pick a group of people, sign up, let's shoot you, and then we're going to see if you have heart attack or any negative consequence, and we're going to follow you for 10 years. And then if you do die, well, you're not going to make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And if your kids do develop higher rates of autism, then we're going to stop uh, doing this. Now, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about infant mortality rates. We're going to talk about maternal mortality rates. We're going to talk about um, uh, just everything. Uh, the amount of data, it it's so frustrating to me because I actually like people. And we get a vaccine damage kid every week, at least one, if not one to four vaccine damage kids a week. And I'm a chiropractor. I'm not an autistic expert or specialist. Uh, anytime you see somebody that's been in child care, and if they've been in child care more than 20 years, just ask them. Ask them if they've seen the change. And they'll all look to the ground and they'll say yes. You don't even need to say that you've seen a change in behavior from these kids that went from uh, neurotypical to neuroatypical. They went from behavior typical to behavior atypical. That that these kids are damaged. You can help them. You can help these kids. But we've got to stop damaging their brains. So this means no more vaccines. Stop them. Strengthen the immune system. Antibiotics, okay, you got, if you have a light-threatening illness, antibiotics can help. If you're taking an antibiotic for an ear infection, that's not recommended. Look at these little children who are taking medications. Is this appropriate for them, or is their body exhibiting a symptom? Um, we, we have to take a stand now. Uh, we are losing our children. This is the, the next generation. And obviously, we're losing the adults. There's over 10 different vaccines that the adults um, are, are going to be required to be used. Uh, yeah, when I say required, that means forced adult vaccines. If you say that can't happen in America, it's already happening. They're forcing nurses, they're forcing doctors, they're forcing accountants, if you work at a hospital, to get these toxic, destructive vaccines. 
they're forcing the military, they're forcing police, they're forcing certain fire units to get this, they're forcing children to get this, to get an education. And now it's, it's, it's known that these are not safe uh, they may be effective in reducing the incidence of some disease, and they are effective in creating new diseases and new immune system responses. This is wiping out. We have a sick population, and the population is getting sicker. We have more drugs and more vaccine than any other country, and we have the sickest population. It's time to take charge of your health. Realize, I want you to get as many vaccines as your great-grandparents got. I want you to eat just the way your great-grandparents ate. Uh, you have to realize that this generation will not live as long as their parents. That either this is a, a brilliant way to limit the population, or it's completely ignorant and only profit-oriented to sell a toxic product or to force a toxic product on the public without repercussions for the manufacturer. That's the only thing the Vaccine Injury Compensation Act did. The only immunity that vaccines give is to the companies that produce the vaccines. We have to take charge of this. You've got to write your congressman. You've got to talk to the pediatrician. You've got to talk to the doctors. This is the majority of their business. It's time to change this planet. This is Dr. John Bergman. I am your advocate. Tonight, we're going to be posting all of this data. Share it. God bless you. I love you. I'm in your corner. We can do this. You can get your kids into school without getting them vaccinated. And there's a way to strengthen their immune system so they are healthy, not so they are weak. <sighs> Let's make a stand. It's time that we change the world. It's up to you. You are responsible for your health. Um, God bless you. I love you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.